because the fear, right? The fear when you just read the headlines, at least for somebody like me who doesn't look at that stuff a lot, a lot, a lot, is, oh shit, is it going to be illegal in the United States? Is that is that what's happening? Is that are they saying that that's no longer an option? And you know, as as like an option that has been available the entire time I've been alive, it's like whoa, that's really that feels extreme. Um, but that's not that's not what it is. Like you were saying, that's not what it is. So when you when you investigate even just a little bit and really ask questions of like, okay, what's really happening versus just jumping on the bandwagon? If this isn't okay. It's like, well, what is even being talked about? And then going down deeper into the levels of it of, well, why would they be considering changing this? It's like, oh, because the federal government has overstepped its power. So I think, I feel like so often on your podcast, Dylan, you're, you're just really reminding people like, you have choice, you have power, you have, I know choice is kind of an edgy word to use in this moment with this, I don't mean it like that, but like, I love it. you have choice, you have power, and um, and like, pay attention, pay attention, stop, just like, don't, don't be a zombie and don't just follow along with what you're being told to be upset about or to care about. Think about the things that are really actually important to you and pursue that. Testing, testing. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Everyone is Canceled. I'm your host, Dylan Randall, and I have with me Michaela McDonald from Love Signals. Ooh-wee, hello. Good to be here. Hope you've listened to our podcast. It's excellent. Well, this week, I'm going to get right into it, episode 67. Apparently, babies are either canceled or not canceled, and everybody is getting caught up in this whole abortion argument. And we have seemed to forget that we can no longer feed ourselves because of inflation. We seemed to have forgotten that gas is almost $10 a gallon. We seem to have forgotten that there's this president who seems to have dementia, allegedly, allegedly, uh, getting us into World War III. We seem to have forgotten that there's a food shortage worldwide because all of a sudden, peculiarly, peculiarly, pickles. Say it for me, please. Peculiar, you. <laughs> Peculiarly. I can't do it. Peculiarly. Peculiarly. <laughs> We're word. smart. Uh, right before the midterm elections, right? So everybody's acting all pissed off over inflation. They're acting all pissed off over gas. They're acting all pissed off over World War Three possibly getting nuked, according to President Vladimir Putin of Russia. And then all of these fucks who supposedly care about eating are now completely forgetting all of that. And they're just caring about abortion. And I don't even care what side you pick. If you are seriously worrying about abortion right now, and hear me out, you're a fucking moron. Because... They're talking about babies dying because of this infant uh, formula shortage, by the way. Mm -hmm. There is an infant formula shortage in America. Mm -hmm. And Congress and the Senate is starting to come out and say, look, this is not a third world country. We are at the point where we have an infant formula shortage that's real. People can't feed their babies right now in the United States of America. And people are worrying about abortion. Mm -hmm. 
This leak from the Supreme Court of the United States, SCOTUS, was not an accident. Okay, people are, let's just face the facts. The president before Biden had gas at less than $1.80, so $1.80 gas, food that you could afford, uh, more employment, uh, particularly for low-income communities, uh, than really most other presidents have seen, okay? And real plans, the, the, the platinum plan to help out the African-American community, serious plans for business loans for low-income communities. The country was actually getting to a better place despite the propaganda of the media. I don't care if you love or hate Trump. I don't have any opinion on the guy. All I want is a president that serves his country. And gas was good, food was good, employment was good under that guy. I, I really don't toe a line. That's just the facts. Mm. Now we have this new president, and gas is almost 10 bucks a gallon. People can't afford food. Inflation has, is at record amounts. It's at record amounts. Stocks have plummeted. We're looking at World War III with Russia. Okay? There was a reason that Russia didn't start a war under the last president. There is a reason for that. Okay? Because they knew they couldn't fuck around. Same with Kim Jong-un. Same with China and Taiwan. Now China's eyeballing Taiwan. Okay, and you have Iran, North Korea, China, and Russia all cozying up to each other while we just lose it all. And we have midterm elections coming up. People are pissed off. These Democrat-run cities, which I just call a spade a spade, these Democrat-run cities, which defunded the police, have higher homicides than ever before. Right? The, the Buffalo shooting was horrible. It was terrible. But did you know that more people were murdered in Chicago over the weekend than that, than that uh, mass shooting? How about every weekend? Every weekend, so many people are murdered in Chicago, but the media won't cover that. So people are starting to get pissed. They're starting to th- rethink the way they want to vote. And the midterms are coming up. And all of a sudden, we get this leak that makes people hate Republicans. And I'm not... I'm not like some Republican. I just see things as they are. Is it a coincidence that we had a leak that makes people hate the party, realistically, that wants to decrease inflation and bring gas to a, a, a normal amount and to stop World War III? Is it, is it a coincidence? This is just a question that they all of a sudden have us talking about Roe versus Wade and abortion when people are starving and can't feed their babies. And all of a sudden, nobody's talking about inflation anymore. Is it a coincidence that they've supposedly leaked something that makes people hate the party that wants to fix it? At least in the way I see it is that the people happen to be Republicans who want to fix this issue. The ones like Dan Crenshaw. Okay. And even Trump. Let's face it. Trump. I'm an objective person. I was even a registered Democrat at one point. I voted for Bernie. Okay. Like that all aside, I don't agree with that anymore. Trump did good things. Dan Crenshaw does good things. The governor uh, of um, Bill DeSantis does good things. His state has done fantastic during the pandemic, Florida. Those are just objective facts. So it, I just wonder if it's just simply a coincidence that this leak came out right before the midterm elections and the media is covering it. Like, it's just like white on rice. It's just insanity to me that we've forgotten the global affairs and even our national affairs over something that's such an old argument that simply is meant to pit us against each other. And I think that's the objective of the argument here. I think people are missing the point of what's actually happening. And I'm going to let you come in here. I know I'm really 
going on. But what bothers me is this happens every fucking two years, whether it's the midterms or the presidential election. Every two years, people get fed up. They're tired of inflation or gas prices or war, and they think they know how they're going to vote. And then somehow, right before the elections, a distraction comes up, and the legacy media all puts out the same lines, and we all seem to forget that we're all Americans, and none of us want to pay a lot for gas, whether you're left or right. None of us want inflation, whether you're left or right. And every two years, they find a way to distract us and make us fight each other rather than to unify like, hey, none of us like this fucking food shortage. All of us have babies. Democrats and Republicans have babies. Infant, sh infant formula shortage is not okay. And they take all of these unifying issues that we're mad about and fuming about over two years, and they make us forget it all every two years. And it's time, I think, to use this abortion thing as an example that we need to wake up, stop listening to fucking CNN and legacy media. I don't care which side they support. Listen to podcasts like Joe Rogan or JP Sears on YouTube, people who are attacking the issue, and really start voting correctly because they're going to do this to us every two years. And it's insanity to me that everybody likes to act angry until they're told what to do again every two years. And then we're fighting each other when we all ultimately want the same things. How about we vote the right people in, stop the inflation, get gas to two bucks a gallon again, which we can do, by the way. It was just happened. We fix all that. We're able to feed babies again. We don't get into a nuclear catastrophe. We can buy food. Then let's talk about abortion. How about that? How about we tackle abortion after we have a running country? Abortion is just not on the top of the plate right now. It's a distraction and we need to wake up. Anyways, that's my bit. It was a lot. Uh, what's your take on it all? Well, first off, is this all alleged and all those things? Oh my gosh, I almost <laughs> forgot. This show is fictional. It's, it's literally not real. This is satire. This is a comedic satire show. <laughs> Obey the laws in your country. Listen to your doctor. And if your congressman approves... It is indeed legal in your country. And uh, your doctor, you go see him and, or her, mm. or they, them. Mm. And you see your doctor, whatever they may be, even if they're a unicorn, you see your doctor and they approve of this, go fuck yourself. Mm. All right, now that we have that out of the way, Michaela McDonald of Love Signals, what do you have to say about the inability to, to, to feed ourselves? And to well, be human beings. Well, I don't know if I have that much to say about that. Honestly, all of this is so, it's so big. It's hard to really, I don't know, have that much to say for me. But the part that's interesting to me is maybe even bigger than all this of thinking about attention, where our attention is living, what we're paying attention to. And that's something I remember I talked about, I think, on the last podcast you and I did together of, I was quoting my mom for saying, you pay attention. What are you paying attention to? It's literally a resource that you can give. And so I think part of what I hear you saying about all of this is that they are controlling our attention and shift, pulling focus away from um, inflation, away from high gas prices, away from food shortages, for, mm, shortages. Peculiarly. <laughs> Peculiarly away from baby formula shortages, all of these things. And, and 
making us focus on this issue, which is a very complex and nuanced issue. Dylan and I have been in conversations about it over the past few days. Um, and, but that's kind of beside the point. I think that I always like this idea of like right sizing things. And I think the emphasis and the like this kind of manic, chaotic, uh, very, what's this with the fighting, very combative stance that this topic creates is so distracting. And so they're pulling our attention. And and I think that's really that's really interesting and important to pay attention to because so it's like, it's that whole thing of like, I don't know, for some reason it reminds you of like the Wizard of Oz of like, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Just look at, just look at like the, the it was like his big scary face it's on some screen. Yeah. yeah. Just look at this. Don't look at, don't, don't, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Right. That's an excellent point. Pay attention to what they're projecting, not what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and they don't want you to look at what's actually happening. And it takes, and they is a large group, right? It's legacy media, it's the politicians themselves. It, I mean, it's intense how, how kind of uniform the narrative is on all these high level platforms, right? Media, politicians, even I think back to, you know, years gone by of FDA, CDC, like there's just this. They're just like, this is the narrative and this all is all that matters and here we go. And it can it can make us think that the other things that we did care about yesterday aren't important anymore because nobody else is talking about them. And I think that's another interesting piece of kind of the herd mentality of all of this, of it's what you're seeing on your social media feeds. You see people, you know, voicing their opinions about the issue and protesting it and being so, so wrapped up in it. And and then more people talk about that because that's what's getting hits. And it's just like it becomes this beast all in and of itself. And we all jump on board and we stop really thinking about the other stuff. And I think it can lead to hopelessness, too, about the other topics. It's like, well, what do we do? It's like, well, nobody even cares about that stuff. I mean, we do care, but in this kind of like, what can we do about it way? Whereas I think I think this topic, in a way, and because it's this, you know, this issue that's being addressed and being reexamined right now, people feel like oh, maybe, maybe I can control it. Maybe I could influence it. Maybe I could, maybe I could pour all of my energy, all of my rage, all of my disappointment into this one thing. And I, and so I think that even feels like a trick. This idea of like, oh, you could make a difference with this one thing, and that somehow makes all these other fucked up things okay. Like that, that just, I don't know, feels like another way that we're being distracted because it's like it's playing to the way that we care about things. Mm. And you know what's interesting about this is it's so many people think they're free thinkers when really they're just asking daddy what to do and daddy is CNN, right? Or the fucking news on your cable or uh, the news on your phone. It is not okay to not be your own person. You were born into this life to fucking be your own person. You were not born to be a clown. Otherwise, there is no use for you. You are supporting someone else's agenda that lines their pockets. It doesn't do you shit. Other than turn you against your own family members, how many people here have had conflict in the last two or three years with their own family or difference of opinion? Even if you don't confront them, you just notice them on Facebook saying, if you voted for this person, delete me, right? Mm-hmm. I saw my own family doing that. 
Okay? So these people are splitting us from our families. We're not getting any benefit from this. They're making us care about issues that distract us from things that do affect us. Okay? And as another aside, the abortion thing is not banning abortion across the country. Not that this matters in the grand scheme of not being able to feed your kids or, or have food or World War III, but I'll just give you the details real quick. This is simply giving the power to each state to govern themselves, right? The America was founded on the basis that federal power needs to be limited. That's how Britain, that's why we left Britain. That's why the Revolutionary War happened. We said we need smaller government. So all this decides is that states get to decide what they want to do for themselves. It's like your community. Do you want to live in a smaller community where you have more say in what you do? Or do you want to live in a giant community where your opinion really doesn't matter? That's the whole point. The smaller the government, the more say you have and the more you get to decide where you want to live. Oh, this state supports more my ideals. I'm going to move there. This city supports my ideals. I'm going to move there. It's finding your tribe. But when you give this power to an entire government, sometimes they're going to do things you like and other times they're going to do things you don't like and your little tribe and community has no say. So the whole point of small government is exactly that. You get to move where your voice matters, your vote matters. And that's all this is saying. So everybody should be on board with taking this power away from the federal government. It's not their business. It's your business to move to your tribe, where you are supported, where your voice matters. And it doesn't matter on a federal level. So all this whole thing is, is just saying, hey, if this goes over, it's just going to give power to the state. Mm -hmm. And I think if everybody knew that, they would probably be on board with that. Right, And then we can get past that because they're bringing it up. It's not an accident. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about, hey, by the way, I can't feed my kids. Mm-hmm. This president needs to legally be held accountable through whatever legal avenues that entails. Congress, the Senate, needs the Supreme Court of the United States needs to hold him accountable, in my opinion, because he is the worst president And I'm not, I really am not a fan of Bush. I feel like Bush did some stuff that I'm not super happy about. Mm -hmm. Clinton, Obama, Mm -hmm. all those guys. And that's that's right and left. I'm not happy with any of them. Mm -hmm. But Biden has taken the cake for the worst fucking president in our lifetime. In my like he is destroying this country and destroying lines on an international level. Mm -hmm. Right. Um what he did with the Keystone Pipeline absolutely destroyed the environment because it gave all of that business to China and Russia who absolutely destroy the environment with their oil production. They destroy it. We have the best guidelines. The second he came into office, I don't know if you guys know this, but Trump reduced insulin. People used to have, before Trump, people used to have to drive to Canada and Mexico to buy their insulin medication as diabetics because the pharmaceutical companies were making an insane profit. And it's very cheap to produce. It's very simple to produce. But they were making so much money on it. Biden comes in and instantly just artificially raises the prices again for all his buddies in the pharmaceutical industry. So people are having to go to Canada again for insulin. Which they probably couldn't do between 20 March of 2020 <laughs> and then you go to the pandemic and you can't even get into Canada what do you do mm-hmm. what you live in the northeast and you have to drive down to Mexico now can you even get back to America do you have a passport 
That is corruption in my mind. That is deep corruption. It is not a coincidence that our country is failing. And the fact is, is presidents do have an impact. People say they don't, but it was very clear under the last president that they have a huge impact. I loved paying a dollar seventy-seven for gas in California, the place with the highest gas prices really anywhere. Dollar eighty. I could afford meat. I could buy a steak back then. There wasn't shortages. I didn't walk into the store and there wasn't missing food on the shelves. I didn't have to get lucky that day. Do you know why there's the baby formula shortage? I know you covered the food shortage you know in another episode, but. You know what's interesting about that? And if you want to hear about the gas details, we did a whole episode on it called Gas Prices, I believe. So you can check that out in our podcast. A lot of details there. All the numbers and facts for you. Um, but anyways, so the thing is, is the Senate has contacted, I think a whole coalition of senators contacted the Food and Drug Administration. And they demanded answers from the FDA. They said, why is this happening? Why is there a baby food, uh, baby formula shortage? And they... The FDA has given them no clear answers. And reportedly, there's a report going around, allegedly, that when they contacted the White House, they literally laughed. It seems far-fetched, but that was their response. So at this point, the coalition of senators trying to tackle this issue said that they have gotten no response from the FDA and that the White House quite literally laughed at them. Wow. And that's what they're reporting. The senators themselves, allegedly, from what I'm reading... This is what they're. This is what is being said. Mm. Wow. So there is no definite answer, at least from the senators I'm watching who are trying to get an answer. That's so intense. Yeah. I mean, I think going back to what you were saying about federal versus state power, I think that is something for us to consider on lots of levels. And the question I've been asking myself lately is like, right? So what? Where? Where should federal power be extended, right? And where should it be limited? And and like, what are the lines there? Because and, and as we were talking about the other day, I, I don't know exactly where I land on if I think it should be a federal law or just a state, you know, mandated kind of, or not mandated, but a state-made decision when it comes to abortion. Because I do think that not everybody has the ability to move to a state where that's an option or, where, you know, like I just, not everybody has that ability. And I, I don't know what all the impacts would be of making this change on individuals' lives. I think... But it's been interesting for me to do the thought experiment of really considering like all the different people and all the different situations they could be in where having one option versus not having that option um, would impact them and and just considering that. Um, but then also thinking about, okay, well, if it's if it is harder to procure an abortion if you are in a state where they're you know not as easy to get, then how does that impact the choices that people are making? And maybe that makes people a bit more careful. And I, you know, I, it's complicated, but I, and so I just wanted to name, like, I know you were saying very definitively, like, it's good for the federal government to have its power being limited more and more and more and more. And I could see maybe that is really structurally what makes sense based on the documents that we have in place, like, you know, our founding documents and whatnot. But I, I still feel a little on the fence personally when it comes to if this, if this is one of the issues that should be handled on a federal level or not. Well, here's the thing. Abortion is happening at later and later stages. And the argument people have against that is that they consider it murder. There's a heartbeat. There's a human being. You can see the shape of the human being. It is a formed human being. And their argument, from what I hear, is that it is murder at that point. 
it's not like it's plan B where it's not some sort of being with a heartbeat yet and you're just simply killing the sperm. Or it's not like a condom. It's a formed human being. And that's where people are drawing the lines. So I think, I don't think there is an excuse to, to not be able to move. I think if somebody really wants something, this is what America was founded on, the homeless do it all the time. The homeless just hop on a train or hitch a ride and they go to the state that they want to. And what are the states they go to? Michaela and I were looking at a map with the, the highest homeless amounts in the, in the U.S., the homeless typically move to states that are more liberal, like New York and California. They have the highest rates. Why do they do that? Well, because they're tolerated there. Why are they tolerated there? Because they're very blue cities. Now, if you move to San Francisco, it's very expensive, but you're going to see a homeless person shitting outside your house. There's crack needles and, and, and meth needles in the parks. You can't walk barefoot. Mm-hmm. If that's where you want to live, then, then you can move there. And people will always have the ability to move. And there will always be an excuse to not lose weight, to stop, to not stop eating your Cheetos or going to your fast food restaurants, or to not move to the state that supports your lifestyle. But the beautiful thing about this country is that nobody is telling you that you can't, like China. There's no one physically blocking you from doing that. You have the freedom for your pursuit of happiness. And if you really want to make it happen, the thing is, is that ultimately is up to you. You are the one who gets to say that I can't do this. And if you do that, that's, that's your decision. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing about states is that, is it, and what makes America so great, is it, it was founded on being a giant experiment. Mm-hmm. So you have 50-something states just all doing their own experiments of what works, what doesn't work. Now when you do that, you can compare, okay, this state abortion's illegal. This state abortion's legal. Mm-hmm. Which one has more unplanned pregnancies? When you do it at that level, you're able to compare and contrast what is working the best. Mm. Do you have any of those stats? That'd be so interesting to look at. I don't have them on hand. We could probably get John to get those. He's good with stats. Mm -hmm. But it's just the analogy that I'm making is what makes it interesting. You can see what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. You're not having some oversight of a place like China Mm -hmm. saying that no states are allowed to do this or that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The people are able to move there if they agree with that. Mm -hmm. And then you can compare stats present it to the people, say, hey, this state has this many unplanned pregnancies, this state has this many people who are depressed, this state has this many people who are, are abusing drugs, this state has this many people who are homeless. And what's beautiful about America is that you have the freedom to look at information, you have the freedom of the First Amendment to share that information, and then you have the freedom to decide based upon that information where you want to live. And that's why the federal government needs limited power. That's why our founding fathers found a country with limited power because it gives you the ability to choose the life that you want to live. That's why we have states. The whole point of a state is exactly that. If we give the federal government really power to do anything, there is literally no reason to have states at all. Why? What is the purpose of it? So then what do you think federal power should perform? They are there to unify us in case we are trying to be invaded by a place like China. That's about it. They're, that's it. They're, they're the ones to say, hey, our country's being attacked. The states owe us allegiance to defend our, na- our, our national borders mm-hmm. or all of us are fucked. Mm-hmm. Even taxes are, are unconstitutional, according to some people. Mm-hmm. I don't know the details on that, but they even say that state taxes are all that really matters. That federal taxes, eh, they've already overstepped their bounds, even if they are... Uh, you know, required. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of things they're using our state taxes to do, 
in our federal taxes, like mm-hmm. to fund wars we don't want to be in. Right. That's an overbreach of power. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't tell them I wanted them to use my taxes for a fucking war. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why federal needs to be limited. Mm-hmm. And that's why states exist in the first place. Because mm-hmm. we do have the freedom to move to the one mm-hmm. that coincides with our beliefs and values. Mm-hmm. And the reason there's the First Amendment is to look at all that free information and to be able to make a decision based on that free information mm-hmm. of the place that fits your lifestyle. Because obviously this is so divided. There's a lot of people who don't support abortion. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in that. So, okay, mm-hmm. move move to Texas or move to the state, move to the tribe that supports that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I, I still don't really know if I feel that way. I, st- I, I think there's just lots of layers to this for me. Um, and, and so I, I still don't know if I fully agree with the idea of it just being state, each state deciding. Um, but I, it's just, it's still a fresh topic for me. Honestly, I haven't thought about it a lot, but I think you make really great points. And I, I, I think this idea of tribes and people kind of being with their tribes of like-minded thinkers is beautiful. I, I can worry about that dividing us even more potentially. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Sometimes division is good, and sometimes there's objectively a group that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Democrat cities have some of the highest murder rates in the country. It, it, it's insane how much murder goes on in these Democrat defund the police cities. Mm-hmm. So that's an objective stat you can look at, right? And now there's Democrats I really like. There's still Democrats out there that I really support, I think, that are brilliant, that should even be running for office that I would support. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, is that corruption happens when you give too much power on a federal level, whether you're right or left. And I believe that when you give power to one thing on a federal level, it eventually extends to everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not about abortion in my mind. It's, it's just that this is not their business. Mm-hmm. And it's like the COVID thing, right? Mm-hmm. Allegedly. You give them any excuse to tell you you can't leave your house... And pretty soon they're going to start using more and more excuses that you can't leave your house. I guess to me it feels different. I I could see that. I could totally see that, right? It is a law at a federal level. But to me, it's not a law that's that's taking away freedom. It's giving giving an opportunity. It's giving access. It's, it's, It's giving that option to people. So it's not a taking away. It's a giving. And so that that feels different to me, I guess. Well, that's where the argument comes in that you're taking away the freedom of that life that had a heartbeat. Mm. That human doesn't get to live. Mm. That's taking away a freedom. So this is why this is such a complicated issue. Mm. And at the end of the day, I say there is no excuse to take away our freedom of speech. Mm. There is no excuse to take away our freedoms to leave our house. Mm -hmm. And there is no excuse for the federal government Mm. to be able to tell us whether we can have an abortion or not, because it always will extend to other things. Pretty soon they're going to tell us, well, you no longer have a right to your, your First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Like once you let them have power over you on a federal level with one thing, that's really not justified. And by the way, that's why this is really being questioned. Mm-hmm. It's not the abortion thing. It's just that it's not federal law mm-hmm. or federal government's business. But you're, I mean, do you really think that this law being in place, because what, it's been in place since 1970 or something? In the 70s, yeah. So it's been in place since then. Are you really saying that it has created opportunity like it's been a gateway or like a a case that they can base other cases on to overextend their reach of power 
I think it sets a precedent, yeah. And I think they've overextended that reach of power ever since the 70s. Our economy was based on gold in the 70s, and then after that, we went to a fiat currency. A lot of things changed in the mid-70s that took the power away from the people, and the abortion thing is one of those things. So I think all of those things in culmination, changing over to fiat, making abortion a federal issue, are all the culmination of opening gateways that bring the American people further and further away from choice and power. It took more, ever since the mid-70s, and even before that, more and more power has been taken away from states. The problem is, is there's a progression of power being taken away from states over every single decade. Every state used to have its own militia to defend itself from tyranny. You know what the federal government turned that into? The National Guard, so that states could no longer defend themselves. And so, yes, it's one of many gateways that set the precedent to take more power away from us. So I think if there's, they say it's much easier to pass a law than it is to get it taken taken out. And so I think abortion being taken out of out of the federal government's hands represents moving in the right direction, which has been such a tidal wave going in the wrong direction. The government on a federal level has taken so much of our power over the decades that it's simply something I feel that if everyone understood, they would all be for federal government losing this power because it's a move in the direction of the federal government giving powers back to the state. Mm-hmm. It's what it represents. It has nothing to do with abortion. Mm-hmm. I believe if everyone understood this issue truly, my opinion is that even people who are staunch for abortion mm-hmm. would support this move because the federal government has been stepping on us for too long. Mm-hmm. So seeing this whole case more, this is interesting, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, because it sounds like what you're talking about is seeing this case more as a symbol and the, and the reason that it's being argued and the reason that it's being reconsidered and all that is that it could symbolize a return of power to the state, from federal to the state. And that could be really good, right? That's what you're saying. I, yeah. And then... And then, so then the way that loops back to the beginning of our conversation in an interesting way to me at least, is that this idea of attention and distraction and that, so that this actually could be like, like that even the thing that they're, they're using to distract us, right? This whole court case distracting us from these other issues that have been because of the federal government, it sounds like it's a federal government issue that's been creating increased gas prices food shortages, et cetera. Yes, would you agree Right, with that? because they have too much power in the first place. Right, and so so it's like, I love this because you're actually talking about like the thing to pay attention to, not just separate from this case and what's going on with this abortion stuff, but inside of this case and mm-hmm. this abortion topic of what are, what are we really talking about? What are we really fighting for? And I think that's a beautiful point because... Especially, I think it's easier for me to think about it more when I zoom out in a decade. I think it's hard for me to think about it changing, you know, in the next month or so and people having to fucking just change their whole lives based on what they value and and uproot themselves from their families or their communities. Like, that makes me sad thinking Mm. about that. Um, But when I think about a decade from now and I think of this as like one stone of many that's moving the shift of power back to the state and people having voices in their different states and being able to talk about these things and being able to kind of 
self-navigate and decide where they want to be. I could I could see that creating harmony and 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 more power in the people's hands, really, because that's that's what I hear when you talk about a shift from federal to state is that state is more reflective. State governance is more reflective of the people. There's more of an open feedback loop there. Right. Because it's not so insulated like the federal government is, and it's not so corrupt. Sure, there can still be corruption at the state level, of course. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's power, the corruption is like, mm, should I come hang out? But right. I, I, it's I, just more manageable. Yeah, and and I think that, um, well, yeah, because the power, like the powers, it's all smaller. It's so it's like it's just none of it's going to get so out of control. It makes so much sense to me. So I, you know, I still feel kind of mixed about it all because I, you know, I, I've got I've got emotions tied into all of it, and so. I acknowledge that even my thinking may not be as clear as I'd like it to be about it, but I also I think it's interesting to consider it in a in a longer term view versus a shorter term view, mm. and and that even brings us back to this whole topic of here we are midterm elections, the short the, I think there's ways that the powers that be understand how emotional and impulsive humans are and what a short term lens we have on things. My high school teacher, Mr. Hines. He once said to us in a class that people have this weird cognitive thing where they assume that the next that that whatever's happened the last I think it was like three to five years is how it will always be. That they just assume how it is now is how it's always going to be. Whatever the status quo is is what I see extending into the future. That that's kind of the default for hmm. most people's minds. I don't think everybody thinks that way, but I thought that was an interesting concept, and so. I think there's ways I think there's ways that that's preyed on, right? Ooh, get them comfortable with with having all these rules and then they'll think that's normal forever. Or get them uncomfortable with this idea and then they'll think, yes, we should always be upset about that idea. Um, and get them comfortable with the federal government having this much control. One of the things I was thinking about as you were saying all this was, wow, you know, with that whole thing you were saying of um, it's easy to make a law, it's hard to take it away. It's like, wow, you know, if this had never been federal, if it had always been state decided, how would I feel? Would I, would, I, would I feel deeply disappointed in my country? Or would I feel like, you know what, this is, because um, I, you know, I've grown up really valuing abortion as, as, as something that can empower women to really have a lot of freedom in their lives. And, and I, I imagine maybe in like in a utopian way that people are really mindful when it comes to sex and unplanned pregnancy, and they try to avoid it at all costs, so that abortion is the very last, very very last um, option that they consider. But that's not always the case. Um, but anyway, if that if that hadn't ever been federal, if it had always been states, like wow, how would I how would I feel about that? Um, would that yeah would would I be deeply disappointed in my country, or would I be like yeah that's just how it is, and like and like. And every, every girl I know who grew up in maybe a more democratic or liberal community knows like, oh yeah, if you live in this state, you just know, and you've just made a plan with your family who, who agrees to that, that if, if you needed to, you have, you know, you could take these days off from work or school and you would just go to the state you needed to go to and you just do what you need to do and then you come back or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe that would just be normalized in my mind. So I'm not saying that's like the dream or the goal or the right decision, but I'm just thinking about this idea of what's normalized versus um, what's 
new or novel to us and and what goes on when we feel like wait you're taking away something that i was used to and like that discomfort that we can feel with change right the beautiful thing about our country having states is that we are always protected under the constitution Mm -hmm. no matter which state you live in Mm -hmm. so let's say your state government does something you don't like you're not going to be able to move to a state another state and they're not going to be able to to extradite you and send you in prison for moving out like china Mm-hmm. They're not able to say you can't move out of here. Mm. Now you're able to, it takes away the power. There's a natural balancing act to that. So when you're in a state and you don't like something and you move, they can't pull you back. Mm-hmm. Unless you've committed some kind of felony, which that's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And so you have the freedom to do that. The thing about federal level laws is that there's nowhere for you to go. There's nowhere for you to go because once you move out of the country, you're no, you no longer have the freedom of speech. You no longer have the right to defend yourself with the Second Amendment, mm. right? These, these basic human rights, which makes America so great, are taken away. And that's what the federal government is also for. I didn't mention that. These basic rights that are in the Constitution. And really the job of the federal government is to uphold the Constitution if a state wants to overstep that. So no state has the right to take away your freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. That's when the government can step in mm-hmm. to defend our borders from outside countries, to unify states, and to also check states when they overstep the Constitution, which cannot be taken away mm-hmm. and it cannot be added to. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. That's the job of the federal government. Mm-hmm. And then their job is to tax us so that we can support actions doing those jobs. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Mm-hmm. So w- when you give power to a federal government... This is how communism starts. And every time communism has started, mm-hmm. millions of people have died. Mm-hmm. Millions of people have died. In fact, every single time, the exact issue they were trying to fix by giving their power away was the exact issue that got worsened when they did that. Right. So anytime we give our power away to a governance that we cannot ex- escape from, mm-hmm. ideally, mm-hmm. Um, without going to a worse situation, mm-hmm. we are giving our power away. Mm-hmm. When it's at the state level, it is the exact opposite of communism. We have the power to remain in our country and decide to live the life that is best for us. So anything on a federal level, for the most part, uh, is an overstep of their power in that way. Because mm-hmm. it takes away all of our freedom, no matter what decision it is, for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it's something, like I said, that affects our Constitution. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And that, if you've noticed, I haven't stated where I stand on the abortion issue. And I kind of, I've come to the place where I refuse to Mm. at this point because I want people to focus on the fact that, hey, my opinion on it doesn't matter because A, it's a distraction. That's what I wanted to focus on. Mm -hmm. And once we fix those things, if you want to talk about abortion, the real problem is that it's a federal issue, leaving us this inescapable. between a rock and a hard place sort of situation. Right. That in a way, I hear what you're saying is like the fight should be happening. If, if it was brought just back to the state level, then the fight, if, if people did want to fight about it, would be on the state level, state by state. And mm-hmm. even county by county. Who knows? It could be county by county inside of each That's state. even better in my mind. Right? County by county is even better. The mm-hmm. smaller the government the better because then you can just go talk to your mayor and be like, hey, this is my issue with it. You can have an inhuman conversation Mm -hmm. because I don't care how much Skype we have. I don't care how much cell phone technology we have. Mm There will never be a replacement for in-person conversations and town hall meetings. Mm -hmm. And so even city by city, I really think that the more power local government has under the Constitution, 
the better we all are. Mm -hmm. But right now, the most logical next step Mm -hmm. is moving things from federal to state. Mm -hmm. And then from there, Mm -hmm. if everybody's smart, Mm -hmm. we move it from state to county and then county to city and city to town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I I think what's, this reminds me of something I want to say earlier. This whole idea of like focusing on what you're being told to focus on versus focusing on maybe what's going on beneath that or the other questions at play or the thing that you were upset about last week that you still don't see a resolution around that this idea of being more in control of what we're paying attention to and what we're asking about. Because that that to me even, even just that question, because I was just looking into all this the other day and I was like, well, what what really is this case about and what what is really going on and realizing that it's not oh because the fear right the fear when you just read the headlines at least for somebody like me who doesn't look at that stuff a lot a lot a lot is oh shit is it going to be illegal in the united states is that is that what's happening is that are they saying that that's no longer an option and you know as as like an option that has been available the entire time i've been alive it's like whoa that's really that feels extreme, um, but that's not that's not what it is. Like you were saying, that's not what it is. So when you when you investigate even just a little bit and really ask questions of like, okay, what's really happening versus just jumping on the bandwagon. If this isn't okay. It's like, well, what is even being talked about? And then going down deeper into the levels of it of, well, why would they be considering changing this? It's like, oh, because the federal government has overstepped its power. So. I think I feel like so often on your podcast, Dylan, you're you're just really reminding people like you have choice, you have power, you have I know choice is kind of an edgy word to use in this moment with this. I don't mean it like that, but like I love it. You have choice, you have power, and um, and like pay attention, pay attention. Stop just like don't don't be a zombie and don't just follow along with what you're being told to be upset about or to care about. Think about the things that are really actually important to you. And pursue that, mm. and think about that. Yeah, and that, and I feel like that's that's where the, the so much of the fire comes from in you around this topic because it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like we really have huge issues. Like you're saying, I mean, you moved through it all so fast in those first like five minutes of this episode, but there are some really bad things happening right now. Really, really bad. Like people aren't able to feed themselves or to like get themselves to work. They like they can't afford anything. The the value of the dollar is dropping because we say inflation, inflation, inflation. That literally means the value of your dollar, your buying power, is plummeting every single day. That's what that means. So you can't. It's like maybe last month you could afford, you know, five gallons of milk, and next month you can only afford three gallons. Like it's it's just. And, and meanwhile, our, our income rates aren't going up. Our taxes aren't going down. And all this food shortage, like crazy things are happening. This looming threat of Russia and World War III is out there too. And, there's just, and then meanwhile, and then they're forming all these, these what, is, what is that group that like wants to control language and speech of disinformation? Like there's just crazy things happening on so many levels that all can be traced back to the federal government. Yeah. And meanwhile... This is what we focus on for the next month leading up to midterms? Like, r- really? Ms. Beautifully said. Just to illustrate your point, what Michaela was talking about is they've basically made a ministry of truth on a federal level that determines what is true and what is not. And anytime 
we're talking about that. We're talking about the ceasing of the taking away, the ceasing of the ability to speak freely, the First Amendment. That is highly illegal and unconstitutional. Everyone has the ability to say whatever the fuck they want, um, as long as it's not harming other people. And I, you can stretch that definition, but you know, words at the end of the day don't fucking hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. They just don't. Mm-hmm. And so what we're talking about is yeah. President Biden. Michaela said President Biden uh, put in place a group um, that's with the Department of Homeland Security, I believe, that basically goes around and decides who's being truthful and who is not and the actions that they need to take if they deem somebody is not telling the truth. Mm -hmm. That is fucking insane and way higher in priority than abortion. And beyond even the actions they would take, just the mere threat of them existing and the way that people self-censor based on fear that something vaguely threatening (laughs) could happen to them is scary. It's a really scary, it's a very authoritarian move. In my mind. Beautifully said. Yeah. I think I'm going to put that on our intro. I love that. I think you really um, encapsulated the the episode with that. And I appreciate the way, Michaela, that you really can take my fire and see the seed in the heart of what I'm saying. Mm. Like, I'm not really against anybody here. Mm -hmm. I'm against people who want to take away everyone who's listening right now's freedoms. Everyone who's listening right now, I don't care what your politics are. I defend your ability to decide what you want to do with your life. That's the beautiful thing about living in the U.S. If you live in the U.S., if you don't, I encourage you coming here legally because it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And if you come here legally, you probably have something to add if you are able to make that effort, that journey here. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the culmination of what makes America great. And I defend your ability to the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying here. That's at the heart of what I'm doing and the freedom to do what you want. You know, abortion, the reason I haven't stated my argument is because I just support people's freedoms on a, on, on a level that is constitutional and federal government can get so scary so quickly. And we're seeing all of the examples of that. So that's why it was never about abortion. I just used it because it was a great, fantastic example of A, how they manipulate our elections to vote for bad people over and over, and B, how they use hot button issues uh, to totally distract us. That are polarizing hot button polarizing because that i mean even you and i you know we've we've had a lot of talks about it. it's like wow there's there's so many layers to that so anyway go ahead please continue yeah there's a lot of layers and i i just think that the smaller the communities are which is what america was founded on that discuss these issues the more that they can decide how they want to live like how much easier is it to be able to move one town over Mm -hmm. or one county over than one state over Right? When the federal government decides that, well, fuck, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. And you know what? Abortion, they may, like I said, they may decide in your favor on one day. But guess what? There's going to come some, there's going to be something that comes up that you don't agree with. And guess what? They just took away your ability to go anywhere where you are not affected by that now. Yeah. And that's what the issue is. And I really think that we can all come together on this. Yeah. And the more we realize that we can turn off the news and listen to these really uh, grounded to the earth podcasts of real Americans and people of this earth, wherever you're from, having conversations, the more we can realize, oh, we're all on the same page here. Mm -hmm. I think we can all get behind this. Well, what I love that I hear you saying too is that as the power shifts from this, right? Like, Like that is, I can even feel it in my body, like the way it would feel so icky to have, 
I mean, it does feel icky to have decisions made at a federal level affect the whole country. And so there's nowhere to go. There's right. nowhere to go where that doesn't affect you. That feels like being trapped. That doesn't feel like freedom. Right. And if our, our country is all about freedom, and I'm all about freedom, I love freedom, then that's, that's not, it doesn't align. That's, that's not congruent. And, and also then having all, all, the, all the nuance and all the little pockets of, of different opinions, of different laws, um, and the way that that creates such a beautiful like patchwork tapestry a patchwork quilt of like really truly representing the variety that exists in America and being like a celebration of freedom, a celebration of choice. And it's, it's interesting because I do, you know, I can hear the rhetoric in my mind of, of the um, pro-abortion group and how they say, you know, it's like my body, my choice. Like we need to have a choice. I am pro-choice and all of that. And it's like, oh, but what if, that whole idea, what if th- that we're not actually threatening choice? What if we're actually defending choice? Exactly. And a lot of those people, which I, I, there's a lot of people I like that would say my body, my choice. Like, this isn't painting lines here, but I just want to point something out. I noticed anecdotally that a lot of people who said my, my body, my choice in the past two or three years mm-hmm. also were shaming other people for not wanting to get a vaccine which is their body, their choice. And then so I'll I'll defend their point of view. I'll say, they often say, well, it's because they can get other people sick. Mm -hmm. They're affecting other people with their choice. Well, scientifically, that's not true. But the reason it doesn't matter if it's true or not, I'll get into that in a second. But also, if you you have a baby inside of you and it would have been born if you didn't kill it, Mm you're affecting somebody else. Mm -hmm. They would have affected other people. Maybe they would have found the cure for cancer. Mm -hmm. And now you're the reason Mm -hmm. that we still have cancer. Mm -hmm. So you can't can't say my body, my choice, and then get mad at somebody for not taking the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly why that there was no excuse ever to take away people's basic freedoms to leave their house, to not want to get something injected done to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about taking away people's freedoms to do things to themselves. I'm talking about taking away people's freedoms to not want you to do something to them. Mm-hmm. That's an act of violence in a way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there is never an excuse because the whole pandemic thing, they said, well, it's for all of our safety. Mm-hmm. The reason that's a slippery slope is that we've been convinced the same thing of abortion. It's like, well, it's so important. We need to give our power away. We need this big government to do it for us. No, the reason there is never an excuse is because it always leads to everything going to shit, as we've discussed in this episode. So America was founded on diversity of statehood, of, 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 of township, of community, people from different countries coming together and deciding where they want to be. That's what makes it so great. And that's why there is never an excuse to take away each other's freedoms. And I think this is beautiful because I think the people on the right have this thing with the vaccine and the people on the left have this thing with abortion. Not totally, but really I see the same exact fucking thing that could bring us together. Like, hey, it's the same thing. We're always, we may never agree on this, but we can't, what we can defend is each other's rights to live in places that give us the freedoms to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we can defend. So I believe that people who believe in pro-life, pro-choice, 
and people who believe in pro-vaccine, non-pro-vaccine, are all fighting for the same fucking thing. Mm. Basic freedoms. You're all Americans fighting for basic freedoms and the the ability to decide for yourself. Mm. Come together. You guys from the farthest left and farthest right, you guys are fighting for the same things. Mm. The point here is that the federal government is fucking all of us over this. Mm. That's what the discussion is. Mm. I think. In my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully said. It's interesting to really look at it at that level. I don't think a lot of people identify with fighting for the same thing. But it's partly because they're not looking at the deeper impact of what they're fighting for. Or even like the the deeper mm, impulse or like where 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 the fire in them is coming from around these issues. Why do you care? Why do you care? You know, it's like so I feel like that's part of what you're pointing out. It's like we care because we care about our families, we care about our communities, we care about ourselves, we care about the future of this country and the and the planet. And so we are all fighting, quote unquote, for the same thing. Yeah, I yeah. really believe so. I think a lot of humans are more alike than uh, different. And that and that's another thing that just gets me mad is the way that um, that is so overlooked that 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 they quote unquote <laughs> the powers that be don't want us to remember that we're more alike than we are different that doesn't that doesn't help them that doesn't help them in any way they need to segment us as much as possible and fragment us and as, and the, having these two opposing sides mm, perfect it's wonderful right they can control us so well that way cuz we're focused on each other rather than them and it's a distraction and and it's a way to dehumanize the other group right there's the other group and there's my group and the other group i don't know if they're even are they, do they even count they do count they do count you do care you do care about everybody you do care about the quote unquote other side at least that's what i think and that's what i'm hearing what you're saying too it's like yeah. Yeah, their votes are going to affect me. So is it productive to call them names and use ad hominem attacks? No. I want to show them how we're the same, at least on the level of um, uh, of citizenship and what we value. Right. Yeah, it's like we don't have to, you know, be best friends and hold hands and skip down the street, but we can respect each other's right to exist and to contribute to our economy and our community in whatever ways we see fit in whichever ways the market supports. Right. And the only places that we could ever disagree is when it starts getting onto a constitutional level. If you want to, if you want to disrespect the constitution, which is basically taking away human rights to defend themselves and have freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. that's when you can move out of the country, Mm -hmm. go live in China where you can't speak anymore. But I don't think anybody really wants that. Mm -hmm. Nobody doesn't want, I haven't met anybody who doesn't value their ability to speak. I haven't met anybody who will willfully doesn't want to be able to express themselves, mm-hmm. who wants everything to be decided for them and that they don't want to have a, a, an ability to say no. And I would argue if somebody does feel that way and they want that, it's probably because of trauma. It's probably because it feels somewhere along the way they learned it was much safer to not have an opinion and to just have the opinion fed to them mm. than to have their own. Wow, that's, that's a really good point. Because I've had moments in my life where I've been like, I don't want to take a side. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have an opinion. What do you think? You know, let me just agree with that. And I've had friends who have been like that. I I really remember that. And 
And I think to me, it, it just comes from a place of not feeling safe to have an opinion or, or having literally being punished for having an opinion. And so it's, it's, it's thus lies the road to darkness. It, it's not a good path for the individual or for the collective. Yeah. I love it. Mm. I think, excuse me. I think that about wraps up this, this episode. I think so. The beautiful thing about this podcast is it helps me, uh, become illuminated to my own beliefs and mm-hmm. thoughts and it's a discussion between mm-hmm. Michaela and I, or John and I, or Andrew and I, or whoever's on the show, uh, that helps us really enlighten ourselves to living a better life tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate you being here to help me do that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate uh, really all the times you've showed up. Oh, thank you, Dylan. I appreciate that. I know that it's a, it's a dynamic space to enter into, and it's feisty sometimes and i welcome it (laughs) so thank you we welcome each other's feistiness (laughs) that's for you and me that's That's for after the podcast (laughs) dylan (laughs) (laughs) we will not be posting that to instagram but if you'd like to see my other posts i am on instagram everyone is canceled spelled with one with one Laugh moves fast. <laughs> Laugh moves fast when you're a little bit special. Spelled with one L. Everyone is canceled. And uh, Michaela has a podcast called Love Signals. I really encourage you to check it out. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. If you have issues uh, with, with, with loving yourself, or even if you're just, if you think everything's fucking perfect, no matter who you are, I really feel you can find value in her podcast. I really encourage you to listen to it. It's this whole fucking theory uh, of life that is so universal. You hear, you just hear the pitch of it. Not even the pitch. You just hear the gist of it. And it changes things for you forever. It's this whole theory of living. Check out my one of my recent episodes, Love Signals. We really delve into what that is. And then check out her podcast, whatever order you like. I love you guys. Hope you've had a great week. Hope you continue to have a great week. And uh, keep on keeping on. I'll see you every Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peculiarly. Peculiarly.